Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So uh, we're starting a bit of a little series here, I think, on alignment. That's right. Um, it's uh, It really is a great topic because I think it's one of the core stumbling blocks for people who are struggling with Agile. It's one of those areas where um, people adopt Agile thinking to be a bit of a uh, silver bullet, but actually what it tends to do is uh, un uncover uh, existing problems. And one of the really common ones is the, the lack of alignment. Just gives you a new arena in which to have the same difficulties. <laughs> that doesn't actually solve your problem. And and I think the faster pace and faster feedback actually exacerbates things. So even if it doesn't make things worse in your attempt to be agile, you're, you're quite unlikely to succeed uh, in any meaningful way uh, without alignment. So I think in, in our series, uh, we're not going to uh, cover everything about alignment tonight. That's the series. Um, tonight, I think we'll be talking just about the importance of alignment and we'll introduce the, the problems that we've seen around lack of alignment, in particular the symptoms that we can see. And that's, I think, we'll ask our listeners to say, do these symptoms sound familiar to you? And uh, do you have any questions about how you might uh, go from the, the problems that you see? So again, we always like to get uh, listener questions in, so anything relating to alignment would be good. Excellent. L listen to our examples and see if you recognize yourself or your team. Exactly. And then next week, we'll get into a different part of alignment, which is resistance, and, and we'll continue from there. So that's the just the first two steps we'll, we'll lay out. Um, so let's go ahead and get into it here. What do we mean by lack of alignment? What what is it? What's the problem here? So when, when I see teams that aren't aligned, I get this experience that's very nicely summarized with a picture. And unfortunately, one of the terrible things about a podcast is we can't draw you a picture, but somebody <laughs> conveniently has in a book from, uh, sorry, book, a um, uh, an article from Harvard Business Review, which we'll link in the show notes on making a strategy offsite successful. And when you have lack of alignment, you have, and uh, we're just going to ask listeners to uh, visualize this or, or look up the article, you have arrows pointed every different direction. It almost, I've been reading a lot about physics recently and learning about elementary particles and things. And so you can imagine one of those diagrams showing a, an ideal gas that has particles going in every direction and banging <laughs> on the walls of a container. That's the, the sort of experience that you have. Everybody's going a different direction. That's right. So it's a, that's a, just the people running off every which way, um, maybe not every individual person, but certainly different teams and, and all these forces acting in different directions. And so the, the net movement from your ideal gas is, is, is really nothing. Yep. Everybody's banging into in different directions into the walls of the container. So that's the lack of alignment. What does it look like in your in your picture then when you gain alignment? So it looks uh, a little bit more. I'm going to stretch my physics analogy way too far here. It, it looks a little more like a crystal where things are actually lined up and, and all heading the same direction. <laughs> so uh, the uh, picture is much nicer, and it has a, a great big arrow which contains all the small arrows. And over time, as you get more and more aligned, those arrows start lining up with the big arrow that they're contained by. So there's some big picture of where you're going, and everybody is headed roughly in that direction. They're not all pointed perfectly in that direction. You don't imagine it as a perfect crystal. This is a, a human a uh, human organization. Experiment. This is a human organization that isn't going to function like that, but you get a, an overall direction that matches, and so you get actual progress in that direction. This is all very abstract. We'll get some examples soon, but that's the, the large picture uh, of, of what you're looking for. You're looking for uh, joint 
direction that that matches and everybody working toward the same goal. Right. And, it, and particularly that 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 what I like about that big arrow uh, description that you have which is there's one big arrow that contains all the small ones is that it makes the idea that there's this overall mission there's this overall goal this overall problem that people share and then they're doing different work within it but it's all bounded by this one this overall vision or this overall direction. Um, so uh, that's the uh, the value of alignment is getting everyone lined up and you, you move from that sort of ideal gas, everything moving in different directions and no net motion to everything going the same way. And now we're, now we're, now we're moving. Um, but we talk about how we, we, what are the symptoms? Like this is one of the things we want to offer listeners is an example to sort of how they might diagnose it. And I, we often find that these symptoms arise the most obvious uh, lack of alignment we find is often between the units of somewhere in the business and technology. So if we just think of there, there's the business, whoever that is, people who are receiving the software that the Agile development team is working on and the technology, the people who are actually making it or prioritizing the work or testing it, those, those tend to be, it's an easy example at least to think about how could those folks disagree? How could they be misaligned? That's right. And you, you, you tell me about one particular. I think we have four examples then about uh, of particular types of symptoms that we've given names to. Um, you, the first one is 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 a name that you brought in that we've actually mentioned in past uh, uh, podcasts. Do you want to share that one with 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 us? Sure. That's the the walled garden. So this is where you've got this beautiful garden and, and it's got a, a huge wall around it. And that's where the developers live. And they're happily working away, tending the plants in the garden. And they say things like, it's all wonderful here. Uh, we're functioning really well. Everything is is being delivered right on time and really high quality. And, and we're really producing a great product here. Uh, this is really super. That, that sounds outside fantastic. The garden, everything, <laughs> yeah, it does, except outside the garden, everything is on fire. So you think of this hor- horrific landscape with uh, you know, uh, 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 geysers of, of flame shooting up everywhere. And you talk to anybody outside the walled garden, and those folks say, oh my God, we haven't shipped anything in months. The technology people never listen to us. There's nothing happening. The company's about to tank. Everything's terrible. So you have complete misalignment with panic and, and uh, 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 code red outside, and you have technologists saying it's all fine, and uh, f- focusing on um, you know the, the latest uh, uh, upgrade to Ruby or the um, uh, uh, latest uh, move to microservices uh, architecture of, of the month. Right, people are living in two different worlds, and in one world everything's lovely, and in the world people are you know, uh, really upset and <laughs> unhappy. Um, it's interesting for my, uh, uh, I'll, I'll bring in the second one, which is an example I probably came into from uh, KitCon, uh, the conference where we met, um, where it's attended by technologists. And the the, uh, the frustration that I would hear from people uh, would be um, something like, uh, you know, we can't get anything done uh, because the business can't make up their mind. So unlike that walled garden, everything's great. They're like, ah, oh, no, you know, we're, we're, we're being pulled in different directions and, and we can't get anything done. Uh, what interesting in these kind of uh, uh, scenarios you find uh, on the other side, the business uh, having this, uh, the same complaint as the walled garden. They're saying, you know, yes, everything's on fire. They just, um, it, it, you, now having the, the business people unhappy, you also have the technologists unhappy and they're each blaming the other. And this is the environment uh, that we're going to call trench warfare, where, <laughs> where everyone is dug into their positions and, uh, you know, shooting each other. Nobody cares about quality around here, says one side. And the other side says, we can't get anything done. And they're they're at least both aware of the problem, 
um, but have very radically different uh, points of view about it and which direction to go. So there, you could almost imagine them as uh, um, other uh, two sides of a tug of war as well as uh, trench warfare. If we want to mix metaphors <laughs> with pulling really hard on the rope, and the rope doesn't go anywhere because everybody's tugging different directions. Yeah. So far, we talk about the business saying that uh, uh, everything is terrible, and we just change the technology side. Uh, let's look at the other side. There is uh, occasionally we'll come across places where the business will say. Uh, yeah, everything's great, but uh, uh, the, the the technologists don't agree. And they say things that are similar. Nobody cares about quality. We get these deadlines that are ridiculous, and we deliver to them as best we can, but uh, this thing is going to collapse soon. Yep. And I think from, from my experience in, in Silicon Valley, this is uh, very common among startups. Maybe they had an initial play that seemed to be working well, then suddenly things start going in different directions. Uh, and uh, the, the feeling that our name for this is going to be the house of cards, where uh, the business may be happy at the moment, um, but there is uh, it, all it's going to take is a little bit of a disruption, and uh, and everything is going to be on fire. <laughs> so this is this is probably the the state that precedes uh, trench warfare. Yep, uh, and you can you can definitely um, very successfully move among all three of these if you'd like to. So uh, I I don't necessarily recommend it, but I've certainly seen companies move from one to the next and uh, never really get alignment because everyone continues heading in different directions. Right. So, and this is often a, a starting place uh, for that people will get to uh, some sort of problem and they, they fall into, you know, one of these three camps, the walled garden, trench war for a house of cards. But then there is a way out of it, uh, all three, and it's that, but there's only one one way. <laughs> and that's uh, then the, the, the last one is alignment. And this is something also you can, you can hear then, uh, you can look around for the symptoms. And it's when you go and talk to business technology and they say, the same thing, which is we collectively have a problem. Now let's figure out what to do next. So these are kind of the four quadrants we have, and uh, I think we have some probably have uh, examples from from each of them that we've we've experienced. I don't think we'll go through every example we have. I think <laughs> that would that would take too long. Yeah, we haven't got enough podcasts for that, but uh, I can give you a, a, a walled garden example and then an example of one that you would think would be better, but isn't actually. So my, my walled garden example involves a, a recent client of mine who uh, has a development team. It was just so striking when I, when I met everybody, as I usually do in my small startup clients, and I met everybody, uh, in the more or less everybody in the company, and all the developers told me about how they were on track for the, the product that they currently had was working just fine. They needed to make some small adjustments to it. And the most important thing was to get the quality up so that they could uh, test better, so that they could be, have more confidence and have fewer bugs in this product. Everybody else talked about how terrible it was that they hadn't shipped a product all year <laughs> and that they had a deadline a month from now and how on earth were they going to do it because there was no evidence of any sort of product. No one had built a single screen or any uh, tools for it or anything and uh, it was supposed to be live in a month. So marketing was frantically writing stuff about a non-existent product and operations was uh, panicked about how on earth they would support this completely new product, which again, didn't exist and so on. Uh, tech team said, oh yeah, products are fine. You know, we may not get it done in a month, but that's fine. It's all okay. <laughs> and so they were they were living in the walled garden. Yes. Well, I, I gotta say that the walled garden sounds nice, but... Uh, I, it does. So it's great to live in the walled garden. <laughs> it's just not so nice to walk out the door. That's right. <laughs> and, it's in, in, uh, it, and those walled gardens tend not to last. That is the, that is the problem is they, they are not stable. The volcano outside eventually catches up with you. Now you said you have an, a, another example. 
yeah, I have this uh, other example where it's not one of these specifically because there were a whole complex, complex set of problems at this client. But one of the things that people often think of that would help them solve this problem is to use a technique called OKRs, Objectives and Key Results, um, championed by Google, used a lot, quite popular. You can read about it in uh, books about Google and their processes. You can watch an hour and a half video on it on YouTube. There's lots of... Uh, good practices around using it and used well, it really does work. But this client had not managed to achieve the big arrow, um, it, despite really religious use of OKRs to the point that you know, people grumbled, um, everyone except the CEO, uh, saying, we're really doing too much of this. It would be better if we actually did some of the things we really think we should be doing. And they instead um, spent a lot of time defining OKRs and publishing them and, and doing doing a lot with them. But what they'd skipped was the step that was kind of the, the medium-term strategy. So the OKRs were all about the long-term strategy of achieving an, an outcome, uh, an exit for the business, and, and achieving revenue goals and, and next funding rounds that were a year or more away. And there was a, a very tight deadline coming soon, which is what everyone was worried about and kept saying, really like to not do this OKR thing. I'd like to write the code for the module that we need for the demo next week to the client so we can deliver. But they were missing the middle part, which was what are we going to do next month and the month after that? And how are we going to prioritize our different sales opportunities? And will we build the thing sales is really excited about for Christmas or will we do something else? That part was missing. So although they had a tool that should and in theory, help them to get to the big arrow. They actually hadn't got there because they they had focused too much on either very short term goals or very long term goals, and and hadn't got to this middle. Yeah, which is a, a, a really interesting that you need to have alignment sort of at the different stages. We I know we were talking earlier today in a completely separate conversation about how often it's easy for people to agree on kind of the fuzzy long term goal, or even specific long term goals, but they can't agree, you know, what they should be doing next week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can't count for you the number of times I've heard someone say, well, yeah, we're totally aligned. We all know that we're going to do a trade sale in three years. <laughs> Why could, how could we not be aligned? Meanwhile, rapid fire, you know, the trench warfare is the, the bullets are flying back and forth about what we're yes, doing next month. Exactly. So um, and also we, we talked about this at the, at the start as though just business technology. And uh, we want to say we're, this, we're not, that's, that's not an exhaustive list of how you can have a lack of alignment because there's there's no end to it. Absolutely not. There are lots of ways to, to have lack of alignment. You can you can fail in, in a multiple. <laughs> That's right, of ways. and it all scales. It's kind of fractal, so you can have lack of alignment across the company w within a department, within teams. Uh, there's even cases of having it within pairs while pair programming, um, and and I've personally seen uh, in my career examples at the both ends of the spectrum. At uh, as an exec uh, member at a previous startup, we had where there's a lack of alignment between sales and marketing. So. Marketing puts together one set of messages and one deck, and then the salespeople are uh, modifying it, changing it, saying, "No, that's not what we're going to say. We're going to say it entirely different." But without feeding that back, so the website says one thing. Exactly, you can see you you went exactly there. The website says one thing, sales deck says something entirely different. It's not not a great way to to present in front of your clients. Um, and it went back to sort of a, a lack of a alignment on the executive team. Similarly, uh, on a smaller scale, just within a development team, uh, an example of a, of a team that spent uh, was writing a relatively small service. Uh, they spent, uh, at, it must be at least two months of their time, sort of debating uh, technology choices and architecture and what the service was going to be. And, and eventually, they just really decided they couldn't deliver 
anything of significance. They kind of instead just delivered a shared library that for people to use and then abandoned the larger project because just the lack of alignment really made them completely ineffective. And this is just among technologists on a fairly uh, uh, bounded uh, technical project. So this is the, uh, the, the, the business technology divide is a classic one and it's an easy one to spot, but it's, it's, it's certainly not the beginning and end of uh, a problem of alignment. You can get any of the examples we described, Walled Garden, Trench Warfare, or House of Cards. Sounds, sounds like your uh, team with two months on debating the technology was definitely doing Trench Warfare. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. But, but you've been battling this a bit at, uh, at your company, Tim Group, and I, I think you, you have some examples of uh, how, how you reinforce this as a, a cultural value that you would like to have more alignment and you guide people to do that. How, how do you do that? Yeah, um, that's a, that's a, I'm glad you brought that up because actually it is around the same time <laughs> that this uh, uh, problem was happening. We, we introduced this as one of the, the core strengths that we have in our um, performance review matrix. So what we have is we have um, a set of uh, five strength areas and one of which we created was called alignment. And uh, where we said it's actually the, the alignment is such a key value. We're going to rate everyone on how well they do it and what's their scope of alignment they can build. And I'll just read briefly our description of what we mean uh, about this alignment strength area. And so alignment, we say this applies to all employees, not just managers and team leads. So uh, it's it's something that we expect everyone to contribute to. The employee has the ability to communicate what they do uh, and how it contributes to the company vision and team goals rather than just doing what they're told. The employee communicates their role within the company in a way that gains support from others. In addition, an employee can mentor, motivate, and guide others towards goals. So that's the description we have around uh, alignment. And then the question really is for saying how do how do people use the strength of alignment? Anywhere from uh, you know from someone who's just starting who might learn how to accept direction uh, towards someone who can uh, not just uh, understand how their own work relates and 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 uh, align to themselves to the company goals, but can align their team or the whole department. And uh, kind of at the pinnacle, we can imagine someone who builds uh, uh, alignment across the industry and um, as well as the company and department goals, and then can direct others even outside the company towards company goals. That would be the kind of the, the pinnacle that we uh, can can foresee someone having within Tim Group. Super duper alignment. You're you're aligning people even outside the organization. That's right. Exactly. I think a lot of our listeners, and certainly I myself, would would settle for alignment between some of the developers and some of the salespeople. That would be a place to start. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's and that's where we expect most people will actually come in around. You know, minimally, we ask everyone to be able to understand how their work relates to company goals, and that's kind of meaning understand what the big arrow is and make sure that your work is aligned. And that's kind of the first step to making sure that people are aligned with each other. And then this, the, the next level up are people who can help build alignment across others. And that's such a core thing. We see that sort of, I've heard on some teams, uh, there was a famous quote saying that the first thing to build is trust. Uh, in which case I would say that the second thing to build is alignment. There you go. You're not going to get very far without that. Excellent. So how, how, do, how do we do it, Jeffrey? Let's get the answer. How, how do we build this great alignment? We've been saying how bad it is if you don't have it. What do we do? It's really super duper important and really bad if you don't. Um, and unfortunately, we're not going to give you the answer nope. today. In fact, not today. we're not going to give you the answer next week. Um, oh. we, we, we can give people a pointer. Uh, we, so we, we, we can do that. Um, we say, like, ultimately, we know that what the solution is going to be. And it's principles that we've actually talked about before in past podcasts. We've talked if you've about been listening closely, you won't be surprised by the answer at all. 
That's right. So if you have listened closely, you'll you'll have heard us talk about joint design and uh, mutual learning conversations. And uh, we'll we'll put a link in our show notes to a, a white paper that we've um, discussed before, which is eight behaviors for smarter teams by so, our good good friend. Well, our not good friend, but a, a, a person we like to read a lot by named Roger Schwartz. That's right. So we'll, that's a, that's a something that we'll ultimately get to there about the mechanics of how you build alignment through these types of conversations. But each our next stop actually is going to be not on that sort of ultimate end, but one of the major obstacles towards building alignment, which is really surprising. You might, might try to go and build it thinking, yeah, this is super important. And then suddenly you, you hit unexpected resistance. So we're, our next week, our topic is going to be the, the problem of resistance um, to alignments. And we'll actually bring in two different types of resistance, outcome resistance and process resistance. So that'll be next week. But again, for those people who have immediate problems, uh, I know, Scroll, you were worried about, what, what do I do if, if my offsite is tomorrow? Yeah, my God, I, I, I'm misaligned. You've completely convinced me. You're leaving me in the lurch here, Jeffrey. What what do I do? Well, um, I think the, the best place to go, uh, or at least a place to go, is the Harvard Business Review article that we mentioned earlier, uh, which we'll put in the show notes, called "Prevent Your Strategy Offsite from Being Meaningless." Excellent. <laughs> so That's got the small you... arrows and the big arrows, and the the kind of illustration of what what one might do to create a big arrow and get people aligned to it. That's right. So that's 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 if your if your offsite's tomorrow. But what do I do, Squirrel? If I have a little bit more time, my offsite's not until next week. Well, you can read about an excellent offsite and some things that you can do about it in a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, which we'll also link to. A classic book got, uh, has a, a great story running through it of an executive team that's really misaligned and becomes aligned. That's right. So um, uh, if people have uh, immediate uh, problems, there's some resources to go to. And, and hey, what else can people do if they have immediate problems that they, they at least could wait till next week? They could send us some questions. Exactly. They can send us some questions. So we'd love to get your uh, emails. Uh, where could we find uh, our email address if people want to send us a, a question or a problem they're struggling with? That would be troubleshootingagile.com. Just follow the link to send us an email. We'd love to hear from you if you people have. And uh, some of those led to the series that we're doing now on alignment. That's right. And I look forward to uh, getting on to this topic of resistance next week and also any uh, of the listener questions that come in on this topic. Excellent. Thanks, Jeffrey. We'll see everybody next week and uh, get more aligned then. All right. Thanks, Squirrel. Thanks, sir.